Welcome to the podcast. Great show today for you. We have Selena Zito on the show. She talks about the, what's really going on on the ground as we approach the November elections. We have Bill O'Reilly, biggest news stories of the week, his position on the January 6th sh- uh, show trial, the uh, Kavanaugh uh, threats. We get into that with him. Michael Malice joins us as well. And Ryan Kelly, a guy who's running for governor in Michigan who was just arrested because of his uh, appearance at the January 6th uh, uh, events. We will get into all that today. Don't miss it. And the podcast, Stu, is brought to you today by Relief Factor. If you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer every day from pain, get out of pain. Oh, easy for you to say. Actually, no. I mean, it took me about 10 years to find something that actually worked for the pain that I was having. And it was agonizing. And I'm not comparing it to yours. I'm sure yours is worse. Uh, But I never thought anything like Relief Factor would work. It works on inflammation, which is, uh, to me, the language of bullcrap. Because I've never taken ibuprofen and had it work for me ever. So, oh, this is going to reduce inflammation. That'll help you get out of pain. I didn't buy it for a second. I tried it because my wife forced me to. After three weeks, I'm like, I don't think this is really working for me. And I stopped taking it. And I couldn't believe how much pain had already been relieved. Uh, and it, I started taking it again. And it just went. It got better and better and better. And now I'm, I'm out of pain most of the time. It's fantastic. It's relief factor. I still take it three times a day. It's a drug-free and natural way to get your life back. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I'm your congenial host, Glenn Beck. It's weird because Stu and I are both wearing T-shirts. And I, I, I'm telling you, I think it tells you everything you need to know about Stu and about me. Really, it does. It mm. does. Uh, Stu, what's your T-shirt say there on the front? Uh, the T-shirt says Nancy Pelosi sucks. Hmm? Nancy Pelosi sucks. What does my T-shirt say? Uh, love, love thy, thy neighbor. neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, on the back, it 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 also says unless she's Nancy Pelosi because she sucks. <laughs> but I think that's all we need to know. Uh, we have the marching band at the airport uh, in uh, Salt Lake City for for your arrival uh, this afternoon. You're going to come to my art show. Uh, I don't know why, but you want to horn in on everything, I guess. Yeah, I was, well, I was recently uh, and, watching uh, a YouTube video of, of, of that Banksy auction where they shredded the paintings, and I'm, I was inspired to make a trip. You're thinking about... Okay, good. Mm. All right, don't know what that means exactly. Um, uh, Selena Zito is with us. Selena Zito is... I mean, this this is a reporter that actually gets it because she doesn't sit around in the Capitol and in in uh, New York City. She actually goes out and talks to people, regular people. So she has her finger on the pulse better than I think uh, anybody else in the media. Selena, how are you? Good morning, sunshine. I'm swell. How are you? Uh, <laughs> you are so, I haven't heard <laughs> anybody use the word swell in quite some time. Um, by the way, Selena, you can find all of her work at selenazito.com. Selena.com is where you can go and find her work. Selena, I was reading an article that you did uh, a couple of days ago 
um, the rhetoric versus realism at the pump. Um, and you just had such a great handle on things. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, but also along with January 6th and this thing that happened last night, do people care about this? You know, I didn't even know. So like part of being a reporter that's in the middle of somewhere, <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't even know it was happening. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. <laughs> until one of my colleagues uh, said, hey, are you going to watch the, the hearings tomorrow, not tonight? And I said, what hearings? <laughs> and they said the January 6th hearings. I'm like, why is it on prime time? That literally makes no sense unless it's going to be a spectacle. And then I'm, I, I concluded that it's going to be a spectacle. And I'm like, The spectacle, wow. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, seeing that it was produced by a, a guy who has produced <laughs> television for ABC, you know, it kind of kind of a giveaway. So, Selena, what is actually going on in the country as you go across uh, and talk to individuals? What are they actually thinking about everything that's going on right now? Well, what is interesting, and again, people can check out everything I do at SelenaZito.com, but uh because I have three full-time jobs. Um, but so <laughs> what? no matter what your political party is, the same concerns are across the board uh, with regular folks. Uh, and what do I mean by regular folks? The folks that aren't um, involved in politics either for a profession or because they have an illness and they have to watch it all the time. But, you know, people, I mean, there isn't a time that I don't pull up to a gas station, which, by the way, is all the time because I'm always on a back road where you don't hear someone cussed at an inanimate object, meaning the gas pump, because, the you know, the average cost now to fill up an average car is about $100. You know, that takes that takes a huge chunk. I put uh, three gallons of gas in my car yesterday, three gallons, and it cost me over $18. And a, a word that shouldn't follow the word holy was uttered at that pump. Uh, but I, I mean, you're, I looked at that and I thought that this is insanity, insanity. How are people doing it? It is. Well, they aren't. So it's, so what people are doing to sort of fake pretend that they're not getting gouged is that they'll only put twenty gallon twenty dollars worth in their tank and and they're like, well, this is it for the week. And if I can't get where I need to go with yep. twenty gallons, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but it, it, and it's not that they're trying to not face reality. They just they just have to find a way to manage reality. And that's what it what it um, what, what it's come down to. But so the other thing I think is really important for people to understand is the impact of the cost of diesel, because diesel is how we get everything that we want in our hands every day, whether it's food, whether it's our order from mm-hmm. Amazon or Rayfair or the the um, the fresh vegetables that we want from a farm or any of the energy that we need to, to heat our house or light our home all come is derived from diesel. So what does that mean? 
everything in our lives costs a lot more because diesel, if you think gas is insane in the numbers, so is diesel. But the other things that thing that people are really deeply concerned about is crime. Crime in, in the, and in, in not just in New York, not just in Chicago, not just in uh, Washington, D.C. By the way, if you follow the scanners uh, from any of those cities, it's just, it's like a horror movie. But, you know, uh, you know, cities across the country, the crime wave is insane. And a lot of that has to do with two years ago starting to sort of place police officers on a lower tier of importance and significance mm-hmm. in our lives. And, and, and the direct result is that, that the police are, are literally have their hands tied behind their back in the things that they pursue. And criminals know that. And they literally get away with stealing things right from underneath you, knowing that there are no consequences. And, the, and, the uh, final and, thing, and here's a, a, Wait, wait. And here's another point on this. There's a story out today. Michigan County limits in-person response to 911 calls after blowing through their gas budget. So now here we are in the middle. Are we even in the middle of uh, uh, of June? And they've already blown through their gas budget. So now don't call the cops because they can't come. That's astounding. It's like Ghostbusters. The streams have crossed. So not only can't the police departments afford the gas, they can't send the the police out to respond. Uh, You know, and the other thing, and I think we really miss the significance of this, but, you know, when people in the news, in particular in the news organizations that don't cover uh, the crisis at the border, they think of it as um, uh, sort of this racist reaction to people of different colors or different um, places of origin coming to their country, and that's why they don't want them crossing illegally. That is not. Uh, we understand. Most Americans understand that 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 innate drive to want to be American and be free. However, what is also coming across the border is crime and drugs, fentanyl, meth. And where is fentanyl and meth coming from? It's coming from China, and it goes to South America, and it goes to Mexico, and then it comes not just to um, uh, cities, but it's coming to suburbs. It's not just a white Appalachian problem anymore. The city of Philadelphia, which is majority minority, has the highest rate of overdose deaths due to fentanyl and meth than any other city in the country. That is now just not a white Appalachian problem. That is a problem that is affecting everyone. So let me ask you, when will the or are they already? I saw some of the poll numbers uh, with 18 to 24 year old adults. He's at Biden is at 20 percent Hispanics record lows for uh, Democrats and same with um, blacks. Um, When do the American people know that? This gas price is not because of Vladimir Putin. It is because of ESG and these energy uh, decisions that the financial sector and the Biden administration and the left have made. When are they going to tie together the food shortages and the diesel shortages and the crime? When are they going to say enough is enough of these kinds of crazy policies? Oh, they, they already know that. 
<laughs> the press just doesn't think they know that. That's the funny thing. It's, it reminds me so much of 2010 when I was following um, that midterm election um, and, and the Democrats held power. And, and John Boehner, God bless him, he said the most simple thing. He said, turned around and said, when someone said, what is uh, this, uh, you know, what, what, are you, what are you Republicans all about? And he just turned around and just sort of flippantly said, where are the jobs? And, and it is as simple as that. You know, there is a midterm election of historic per, um, proportions that happened, I think it's 1892 or 94. I can't remember. I did do a great, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say my story is great. I did a great analysis of that midterm election where Democrats lost 130 seats. 136. Holy so I'm not cow. saying, I'm not, y'all can go check it out at com. but the similarities between what was happening in America then and what is happening in America now are extraordinarily similar. So I think that all of these charts, all of these guesses, all of these, you know, new, this leans right, this leans left, all of them are not going to capture uh, the amount, the, the the breadth of the wave that the Democrats are going to feel in November. They're just not. They don't understand. And part of the problem is, so, if you... Re- go, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Um, I'm on a delay, so please um, just keep going. If you <laughs> try to interrupt, just keep going. Um, the uh, Well, finish your thought. Finish your thought. Well, I think the bit largest part of the problem is, is that... Reporters and Democrats and even Republicans don't understand how big this is because oftentimes they're not having conversations with people in real time in their real lives. And people are not always completely honest with a politician or a reporter, uh, especially one that's from New York or D.C., because they don't want their name in print, because they don't want people coming after them on social media. So so they say nothing or 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 they just shrug. Uh, but if you really know people and understand people, which is w- what I do, not because I'm spectacular, but because I live in the middle of Appalachia, right? People have a sort of sense of trust of someone who shares their values. And and it's going to be mm-hmm. monstrous. Wow. Um, all right, Selena, I, we need to talk again um, probably next week because I, I learned so much from you and I just love your articles. Um, you're just very insightful and you, you use history to, uh, to show the parallels. And I'm going to go back and read that uh, about the election okay. of what was it, 1890? Which I one was it? Was it? 1894. It was, in the, it was Grover yeah. Cleveland's second term, that midterm election. Was it the uh, was it the silver election, the one that was yeah, about the, the, yeah, the silver, sil- yes silver was part of that. Yeah. It was eighteen ninety four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was eighteen ninety four. Yeah. That's right because yeah. it was right before the year that William Jennings Bryant ran for president in ninety six. Yep. Uh, okay. Thank you so much, Selena. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find all of her work at selenazito.com, selenazito.com. If you really want a handle on what people are actually thinking that you're not seeing in mainstream media, uh, read uh, Selena Zito. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening.
Well, I don't really know if it's America's favorite uh, uh, anarchist, because I don't know how many anarchists there are, you know, in the running. But uh, Michael is my favorite anarchist and uh, the host of Your Welcome, a great, great podcast you can find wherever you get your podcasts or michaelmalice.com. Michael, how are you, sir? I am absolutely fantastic. Good morning to you. So the biggest story of the week for you was what? Well, there's a few things, but certainly uh, the attempt on Brett Kavanaugh's life and the fact that this has been swept yeah. under the rug by the corporate press, uh, and especially in the context of uh, Senator Schumer's comments about you know that there's going to be consequences for their behavior. Uh, it's just amazing, and you and I talk about this constantly, how overnight narratives just switch off and on uh, when it suits the purposes of the mm-hmm. enemy class and when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Palin very famously you know, was suing the New York Times because they alluded to the fact that she used language like crosshairs uh, as a metaphor to encourage people to to shoot. And obviously Congresswoman Gabby Giffords uh, was shot uh, as a it, it later, not as a consequence, uh, but here where there's a kind of a dynamic connection, uh, New York Times is, you know puts it on page A20. And remember, here's the thing, I will remind yeah. people, New York Times on page A1 above the fold, which is the best real estate, had an article about some kid from West Virginia, watched Ben Shapiro videos, and then became radicalized, and then became unradicalized. So that's front and center, Supreme Court justice, life in danger, A20. I've never seen anything like it, Michael. And, you know, I think that's why the January 6 hearings fall so flat, because they are trying to make this um, uh, mountain out of this. And I think if they would have reacted uh, logically, because I think everybody was outraged by that, if they would have reacted logically and and and, and consistently um like they're acting now with january 6th with blm i don't want anybody to serve more jail time or less jail time i want them to serve the jail time they deserve if any if they're breaking the law and there's no credibility on this january 6th thing except for the left because it's their narrative it's what they want and i think the other side is saying look you have no credibility at all because you are not only dismissing BLM, you've also this week dismissed a threat on Kavanaugh's life. I, I think they're freaking out going into the midterms because there are very little things to run on. I'm specifically showing my age and remembering very vividly in 2006 when Elizabeth Dole, who had been senator at the time, uh, was head of the Republican Senate committee. And she was arguing for why they should, people should vote Republican in the midterms. And her argument basically was, well, George W. Bush kept us safe. They had nothing else to really run on. And not only were they wiped out you know, in that off-year election, she herself lost her seat. This was their last win. This was the last, oh, my God, the right are terrible. Uh, you know, you can't put, what, what can you put on Republicans or conservatives or moderates of the right wing? Inflation, what's going on in schools, Ukraine. Go down the list of bad news. Now, you might say this isn't Biden's fault and so on and so forth, but you can't blame it on Kevin McCarthy or, or you know, Mitch McConnell, any of these things. So I think they're panicking. Uh, I think um, November is far closer than people realize. And I don't think they know what else to do. 
we're talking to Michael Malice, um, who is a, an anarchist, but he's not like a black block. You know, I'm going to go take a club in the streets and burn down cities. Um, uh, and it's why we get along. We disagree on things politically, but a lot of things we agree on. But we both disagree with violence. Um, I do have that right. Right, Michael? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're entitled to whatever opinion you like. Yeah, good, good, good. I'm just... <laughs> all right, good, good. Just want to make, want to make sure. Um, and um, the thing... You know anarchists uh, from the left that are violent. Um, and they are... They are... It's strange. They call themselves anar uh, anarchists, but they are actually more communistic in their, in their viewpoints. Um, and I'm afraid, Michael, that those people have nothing to lose they've never been this close and this election period and after the election if if they can't have it no one will am yeah, i misguided I'm, yes i would say that so because I, I would say if you compare the damage that all of antifa and the black black people could do if they had their druthers if you compare that to what the federal government and state governments have been doing to peaceful citizens for the last two years and are still doing now in other countries around the world vis-a-vis uh, -vis the lockdowns, quarantines, when you have the federal – Antifa would never right. tell – have the power to tell the Justice Department to investigate parents as domestic terrorists. So I think you know, e even if they had so – complete machine guns it would still nowhere come close to the systemic damage that's done uh, by the federal government and agencies like the new york times mind you so i ag i agree with you however I maybe add this level of nuance i'm uh I, I i don't know how exactly to say this but i think there are anarchists marxists revolutionaries in the government and those are the ones I'm more afraid of because they will use people like the black blocks uh, to create and BLM to create problems on the streets. But they will only use it to enhance their power, ca cause uh, chaos, cause all kinds of emergencies that only the federal government can fix. And so they'll step in with their answer. Th that's what really frightens me. And there's historically been uh, room for this. Um, but I would point out that it was, I believe, in uh, the summer of 2014 when there were the rioting in Ferguson. And as a consequence of this, the Republicans got bigger congressional majorities than they've had since 1946, I believe. So, yes, it's always the case that um, the federal government is more than happy to have unrest in the streets because that is a great excuse to, you know, go after people's guns and things like this, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and have all sorts of um, infringements on liberties because it's something we're taught since we're kids that if bad people are doing things somewhere, therefore it means you personally are going to have to, uh, you know, enjoy restrictions on your freedoms. It's a complete lie, but that is the claim that we're taught from a very young age. So, Michael, one other thought here. Uh, I'm, I own a ranch in the mountains, and I'm on it right now. And uh, every bit of energy is being created by solar and wind power right now. Uh, we have to be very careful, and it is cost literally hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it. No, no regular person could ever afford anything like this. It's way too expensive. It's not practical. You can't really live the life that you are used to. Um, but it's 100% green and everything else. Um, 
And I did that. I had a choice of running power lines here, and it would have cost me a lot less, but I chose not to take those power lines. Um, I care about the environment. Uh, I care about independence. Um, and I believe I'm a good steward of this land and the animals on it. Now, there is a split between people who believe in um, green energy, believe in, uh, you know, let's help the planet be, let's be good citizens, and those who are anti-human. And the, the push for green with this administration is, I believe, anti-human. They will destroy all of society for their goals. Are people on the left waking up at all on seeing, hey, the, your gas price, which is going to destroy your economy and our economy, uh, is happening because of the Green New Deal and the Build Back Better and the ESG stuff? Well, I, I no, not at all. And I think people on the right are, are oblivious to this as well. I would point out that Margaret Thatcher was the one who introduced Jeez. global warming into the UK. Uh, Barry Goldwater, uh, who's a you know, as, as conservative as someone you can get, uh, was one of the first people in politics to start talking about environmentalism. So this is this is why it's a smart move for the Democrats. And, and in Europe, the Green parties are getting ascension as the Social Democrats or Labour parties, respectively, are losing power in different mm. uh, parliaments because this is something where there's broad political consensus. Uh, the people who are seeking power don't care about trans people. They don't care about the environment. They don't care about BLM. They care about whatever tool is at their disposal that they can use as a ladder to increase their power to maintain their power so as long as there is a cons bipartisan consensus on any given issue that will be leveraged as an excuse uh to increase the state at the expense of the common person i heard a speech um given by um noah uh, i can't remember his name he's the the futurist that the left loves he's uh, you know uh with the world economic forum he wrote uh homo homo sapien um and i just heard a speech he gave where he said i'm gonna play it on monday he said and i quote the real issue here is how we're going to deal with all of these useless humans and his uh, suggestion was drugs and video games um, because of the future that they are creating right now. Uh, I agree with him that we're going to have problems, but I don't look at people as useless humans. Um, and that's the problem. I mean, you can believe in, you know, really taking care of the earth and you can do it better than I can. Uh, and that's fine. But is there a point to where those people in society start to see this as anti-human and dangerous I mean, well, I, is there I a breaking point? Well, I agree with him completely that a lot of people are humans, are useless. I will quote H.L. Mencken, the great uh, journalist of the early 20th <laughs> century, where he said, the existence of most human beings is of absolutely no significance to history or to human progress. They live and die anonymously and as nearly uselessly as so many bullfrogs and houseflies. Anyone can go to any mall, uh, you know, fast food place, and, and the people around them are just especially the cashiers are, are worse than useless but that does not and and but the thing is <laughs> okay wait wait wait, 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 wait let me ask one question but you don't do you, <laughs> do you disagree that brave new world is a lot closer to reality than 1984 yes yes you dis you disagree i actually think they play into each other 
no, yeah, no, no. I think Brave New World is exactly reality, and I think it eventually turns. You have to have a cage uh, for some, so I think it's a hybrid. In the end, it'll be a hybrid of the two. But but the way corporate media manipulates people isn't through yes. threats of violence. It's through pleasure. Why, Correct. why is Matthew McConaughey at the, at the White House telling people about their guns? Because people know him as an actor, and therefore they're you know emotionally uh, a lot uh, you know. To, can to like what he has to say. It's complete deception and manipulation, but that is a function of how things work as opposed to threats, far more than the threats. Right. And by the way, that's that's only half the story. Yesterday, I don't know if you know this, yesterday I, I told the real reason why he was at the White House. The guy who spent a million dollars, the Hollywood uh, lawyer that spent a million dollars to bail out Hunter Biden uh, is the guy who represents um matthew mcconaughey and uh so the call came in from the lawyer to hunter to the white house and guess who's there speaking to the press um michael thank you so much any good plans for the weekend in an anarchist world what what are those plans i I finally got uh i finally became an american and bought my first gun this week so uh, it's a lovely masada from israeli weapons Industries. so i will be going out and practicing uh, my second amendment rights yeah, good for you. I think everybody, everyone should own a gun. And here's the reason. The government is getting more and more dangerous. And, you know, I don't know if any, you read this in Michigan. The police now have run out of gas money in the budget. So you call 911. You have to really prove that they should come. That's wow. incredible. That's, that's, that's absolutely amazing. You, yes, and I agree with your You sentiment. are the first What's responder. Completely? Yeah, amen. Yep. Thank you. Michael Malice. Amen. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Michael Malice, host of You're Welcome. Follow him at michaelmalice.com or wherever you get your podcast. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We have. Um, We have an interesting story that broke last night, and I want to be real honest with you. Um, I'm doing this interview on the advice of a friend who I think is a a real spiritual, uh, locked-in kind of guy who lives in Michigan. And he says he knows our guest, and he vouches for him. I, I want you to do your own homework. I will do my own homework, but I want to make sure this guy has a fair hearing because something smells really wrong in Michigan. Um, we have Ryan Kelly. He is a Michigan gubernatorial candidate that yesterday was handcuffed and arrested on a January 6th Capitol riot charge. Now, that timing seems really coincidental, and it does seem... It feels as though uh, there are real shenanigans, to put it in the nicest possible terms, uh, in Michigan to destroy the GOP and anybody that stands against Whitmer. Um, Let's uh, go to Ryan Kelly now. Hello, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing good today, Glenn. Thanks for having me join you here today. Uh, It's a beautiful day in West Michigan. You bet. Um, we see tell me what happened yesterday. So yesterday I was uh, I was arrested by the FBI. And the timing, as you mentioned, is not a coincidence, right? This 
coincides with the J6 hearings that they had yesterday, along with if you saw the article with Joe Biden talking about he will put his political opponents in jail. And then this happened. So it's not a coincidence at all. They're weaponizing the FBI against me. They're continuing this wild goose chase. And Glenn, you know, just like I do, they're not just after me. They're after all of us that love this country, that love our Constitution, that uh, that want to keep the republic intact here. They're coming for all of us. Okay, so let me ask you some tough questions, because I've seen the videotape. Um, and you are, you are standing, um, in front of a crowd, um, around some scaffolding and you appear to be directing people into the, uh, Capitol. Um, and it is, I'd like to hear your version of this. Um, it also says that you were among the members of the crowd that filed into the Capitol and banged on the door of the legislative chamber, chanting, let us in, lock her up. Can you help me understand those two things? So to clarify, I never entered the building. We'll start there with that. Number two, you know, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about on this. There's a lot of different components of the story that we want to share. But we have to wait till we go through the courts in order to bring the pieces of this story together. So, you know, I uh, can't make too many comments on that right now, other than, you know, I never entered the building. And, you know, there's going to be court hearings coming up soon, and we'll be able to share more information in regard to the full story then. Sure. Well, I, I will tell you, if you've never entered the building, that, I mean, there's half the case. Um, the, the second is um, Ray Epps we have on tape doing far worse and they say ray epps is not even not even a player of no concern whatsoever so how could you be of concern equal protection under the law right there's you know constitutional clauses in regard to that look this was an attempt to intimidate me to intimidate my family my wife and my six kids and to intimidate all of my supporters and i'll tell you what glenn the support base has grown uh, a thousand fold overnight, if not more. And, and we will not be intimidated by this. We are going to continue to move forward to win this primary and win this general election. You know, this is the Democrats, again, trying to cover up their own disastrous policies. The American people are struggling with inflation, record high gas prices, record high food prices. We have a baby formula shortage right now. We have rising violent crime. The border's a mess. And this is the kind of stuff that the Democrats are focused on. They're not focused on helping the American people. They're focused on these baseless claims of January 6th. And, and the dishonest media continues to perpetuate all of this nonsense and be on their side. But you know what, Glenn? The American people see right through all of this nonsense. And they want somebody that's going to stand up for our republic. And so that support has grown substantially across the entire state. I had a huge group of people from all over the state meet me outside yesterday after I walked out of the courthouse. It was incredible. Um, I I just I I just can't. I mean, the timing is just so obvious. And there's something else. And I don't know much about it, um, but you had five uh, different candidates from the GOP that have been disqualified because of forged signatures on the petition. What do you know about that? There was 10 candidates that we had in the race, and those petition signatures disqualified them. 
it's another it's another sad day in Michigan because during the 2020 election, our Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson directed the county clerks to uh, not validate the signatures. Don't worry about looking at the signatures. But when it comes to all these petitions, they want to scrutinize every single signature because it's a GOP uh, uh, primary. And so, you know, again, uh, the dishonest secretary of state, you know, she's politically biased. Uh, Fraudulent signatures should be investigated by the attorney general. Dana Nessel is choosing to do nothing again. Go figure. And, you know, it disqualified those five candidates. You know, Glenn, I'm the front runner in this race now. The polls are showing. Ryan Kelly's the front runner. And and my my political opponents, they don't like that. So they're coming after me because they have zero grounds to stand on an actual value that they're adding to the American people and the people here of Michigan. So what is the message that we should be hearing um from the people of Michigan? Um, what is, are they, they seem to be kind of okay with what Whitmer did, um, you know, at least the left, what, what Whitmer did, um, during COVID, I don't think you guys have passed any laws to make sure that doesn't happen again. Where, where is it just the, the energy and the food prices that is really hitting people or what are people actually feeling and responding to? Energy prices are hitting us all. We've set down a nuclear power plant here in the state of Michigan, which now we're looking at having rolling blackouts throughout the summer. And the COO of DTE Energy is telling people just to turn their thermostats up, shut their electricity down for their ACs, and they won't have the rolling blackouts. So it's not just the gasoline prices, which are now over $5 a gallon, the food prices, which continue to rise, we have energy issues. Whitmer's talking about wanting to shut down Line 5, which moves petroleum and other natural resources around our state. Uh, you know, the, the continued corporate welfare handouts, we just handed out $101 million to Ford in cash, plus $35 million in property tax uh, credits Jeez. in order to bring jobs to the state. And they just did $700 million to GM not too long ago. So they're, they're not becoming business friendly. They're just handing out big gobs of money everywhere. And she's hoping that this is going to be enough to buy the election uh, and think that people will forget how she responded throughout 2020. Glenn, we're not going to forget. The people of Michigan have had enough. How, how did she justify shutting down the nuclear power plant? How was that justified? And how is she trying to justify shutting down Line 5? Because that's a very important uh uh, pipeline. I have no idea where the justification is. She's one of the most unreasonable people that there is. Look, I'm a reasonable guy, Glenn. I understand that families want, they, they want to have affordable food. They want to have affordable resources such as gasoline, heat to, uh, um, gas to heat their homes. They want to have uh, the ability to to move around the state without threats of business shutdowns. They want to make sure that their electricity is going to be on. They want to have a, a place where they're going to have good employment that's free of you know racial bias training and these other components that are, are really plaguing our state and pushing people away. Um, you know, she's such an unreasonable lady all around uh, that the means and extremes with her 
uh, have, have really shown. And I think that the people of Michigan, you know, just like with everything with the arrest yesterday and the J6 stuff, people are seeing through that. People see through Whitmer as well. We're ready for a change here in Michigan. It's amazing to me that Detroit was one of the main cities that um, escaped slaves and then later after the Civil War, um, former slaves moved up to uh, because they were safe there and was a very homogenized city. There weren't a lot of real problems um, until the right around the time that the Democrats took one of the greatest cities in America, Detroit, and took control about 1950 something, 1960. And now all of a sudden, all these race problems, such poverty, it's, it's a disaster up there, just a disaster. And it's sad to watch. And that's happening nationwide right now. Look at the policies that Biden's enacting. Look at the things that we see happening uh, around our country. What you're speaking about that happened in Detroit is happening to America. Democrat policies are disastrous in every way you can think of. And, you know, they're, they're trying to grasp for straws for political power. Um, you, you know, look at, uh, they, they champion on uh, their, their little left-wing groups going out and threatening the Supreme Court justices, burning down of our cities, uh, the Antifa, the BLM. Uh, by their very nature, the, the, the Democrats and the left-wing um, political spectrum uh, is, is, is nothing but, but society falling apart. Uh, Look at the transgenderism that they're wanting to push on our children. We want to take healthy children and give them hormone-blocking medications. Uh, Normal, reasonable people don't want this, Glenn. We we don't want these these radical, left-wing, extreme ideologies being pushed on our children, destroying their lives, the critical race theory pushed in our schools. Look, I'm just, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Uh, I got six children. Um, I'm just a regular American. I'm a reasonable guy that wants our country back, which is why I'm running for governor. And and we're going to make that happen here in Michigan. And just like when Detroit was a leader around the nation before the Democrats took over, we can make Michigan be that leader to bring that idea of our republic, our constitution, freedom, prosperity back to our great country. That's what people want. That's what I bring to the table. RyanDKelly.com is the web address where you can find out. And, uh, and if you'd like to support RyanDKelly.com. I look forward to the explanations uh, and your, your day in court. I, I will tell you, I think it's, I think it's hysterical that in the, in the state of Detroit, they thought arresting you yesterday and hauling you away in handcuffs would work uh, to discredit. I mean, I think that actually makes politicians' poll numbers go up, usually in places like Detroit. Uh, Ryan, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you.